Yep, there it connects. There we go. I didn't darned if we didn't get connected to the server today, and maybe we'll have a radio program for everybody. Had a little one for our group yesterday. I didn't stick around too long, but I'm sure some of the guys did. We did get it straight. It seems that uh, there's some things that need to be done every number of months, and I don't do them. Paul does them, and sometimes they slip through the cracks, and that's what happened yesterday. And I was grateful. It gave me a three-day weekend, and. Um, one day away from the program is uh, not going to kill us all. Although some people panic when I'm not here, you know, where are you? All right. Is the show there today? And it's just usually these little snafu type things like yesterday. It wasn't even on my end. I had nothing to do with it. No operator error on my end yesterday. So anyway, we're back. It would appear some of you guys are here. It's the date stamp. What's today? The 13th, right? Uh, Tuesday, fortunately, Tuesday the 14th, Martis, Mars, Mars Day in Spanish, Martes, M-A-R-T-E-S, and uh, that's the day, of course, that we have our little Patriot get-together lunch over there, which I think most of us all always look forward to on a weekly basis, and uh, so we get over there and see each other for a little bit. We Fortunately, we're not there around each other enough to where you're pissing each other off, you know. So it's a nice little social gathering. You get to say hello to different diversified people and, and smile and have a nice lunch and come home. Uh, anyway, that's today. Uh, it's uh, Gosh, there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, we, of course, here, I should tell you, we, the audience, those listening, and myself, I should identify as Roger Sales here, Radio Ranch people's patriot network our platform and you guys out there and the show's about you really and your freedoms we can't sit there and bang on that all the time but that's certainly the emphasis and the main thrust of the show and uh, we are getting newer people that are coming to the message from all all you efforts it's you folks out there that are touching new people and starting to continue to feed them information and find the ones that are interested and we make progress and that's the way it seems to work and i know that process is happening in several areas so we'll just welcome it when those folks do want to come around but otherwise this platform is for folks like that to be able to address the very complex way that we've been snared and uh, it's simple uh, when you get your arms around it. It's real simple. But how they've done it and set it up and the fact that it's done mostly in the theater of your mind between your ears from the time you were spit out the womb practically until whenever you stumbled on this information, it takes a little bit of time with a lot of people to get all of those connections unwound, straightened out in the right connecting method, and then uh, try and work back into your worldview the new way as opposed to what you're conditioned to think your whole life it's a little bit of a chore uh so anyway that's what we try and do is help you folks out here and uh helping you do stuff like that let's see what's going on uh, a lot of stuff's going on it looks like these sorry psychopath bastards are just 
I mean, they're just hell-bent to take us to war somewhere, okay? And uh, that is, of course, their traditional fallback method when the economy gets to the point where they're about to get exposed and it's about to crash. That's how they fall back on traditionally, and now it seems to be no different. Um, I did find out the other day, you know, Blinken, the new Secretary of State, of course, that office interests us particularly because of one of his facets, but Blinken was the guy before he got nominated by Biden here. He, he had a private consulting firm on political geopolitical stuff or something. I'm not sure if it was a specialty, but it was in that field. And I did hear someone say that all of the uh, Ukraine stuff before Maidan incident and uh, the uh, the setup to what they're pursuing now with Crimea over there uh, and Russia and poking the bear um, was all done through Blinken's office back in the old days. So this is something he's intimately familiar with, and as soon as he got in there, uh, I mean, within just after they started the, the, the border crossing stuff, uh, they were shipping stuff and over to Ukraine and already setting up this infiltration where they're provoking Crimea. Now, for those of you who may not know this, it's important. Obviously, it's going to be more important because it's a real focal point. Crimea is a part of, was part of the Ukraine, and they broke away, but they've always been traditionally part of Russia. And this is very similar if you look back to World War II in what happened with Austria. Remember Austria as Hitler was taking power, uh, and they voted in Austria. He, he didn't come in and conquer them. In fact, if I remember right from the films we saw, I believe it was 98% of the people voted for Germany to annex Austria. Yep. Uh, 98%? That's pretty – I think that's what you call a mandate right there, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, I would say so. So the same thing happened exactly here with Crimea. When this happened a few years ago, they put the vote up and the uh, over about about the same amount of people, 90 something percent of the people voted to be with Russia. Okay. That's right. And uh, so over on the eastern part of Crimea is Sevastopol. And that's the Black Sea over there, and it's one of Russia's only warm water port areas in the world. The other things they've got access to is Arctic and cold water mostly, and so it's very important to them. And um, they are using this incident, Blinken and the Zio boys, uh, to, you know, they hate Russia with a passion. I'm, I don't know if any of us really do understand all the reasons they probably got some secret reasons they hate hate them so bad but it's pretty obvious that all these uh, zionist jew sabbatean especially the ones that are ashkenazi uh with their khazar heritage and and their history here uh man they hate the russians they hate them i think because there's so many resources some huge amount of the world's resources are in the national uh sphere of russia and they can't get at them and they want to okay and um all those things and a healthy history of hate um also the fact that putin is now that trump's gone 
Putin's one of the real big antagonists to them. Uh, I saw the other day that he has outlawed uh, same-sex marriage, and if you're a LBGT person in Russia, you cannot adopt children. So, you know, he's standing up to him in Syria. He thwarts them. He's the one he's thwarting them in the Crimea right now. And they're saying, because now the Navy is moving ships over into the Black Sea. And don't forget, that little area, you've got to go through the Straits. I think Bosphorus, is that what they're, is that how you pronounce that? Some of you, Bosphorus? The Vos B, that starts a B, not a V, the Bostrous Straits. And that's the body of, of the, the little canal, the little canal that goes right through Constantinople, right past Constantinople. And so that's a chokehold right there for that whole Black Sea area and all of these other things, the underbelly of Russia, Crimea, all those things. So the Navy's starting to move people over there. And today I notice they're going, Navy, don't do that. It's going to be a real big mistake. Don't forget, this was during, I guess, Obama had to be. There were some incidents over there where the U.S. had some of the, and I don't know the class, the ship class and all that stuff, but it was some of the more modern, sophisticated naval vessels. They were messing around with this same kind of crap over there in the Black Sea back with Obama when they were screwing with the Ukraine back in his administration, trying to get this World War III stuff started. And if you'll remember, a little, like a little Piper Cub, there's a little Piper Club claimed flying, flying around the ships, and all of a sudden, the whole American ship went dark. Everything went dark. All the modern electronics, everything. It took them a long time to get it straight. I believe they had to tow those ships in. You guys remember that? It didn't get a lot of press, but it got out. Yep. Okay. So they're saying, don't send those ships over here again, boys. (laughs) We've already got you thwarted with our fancy missiles in Syria that can take out any of your planes. All right. Uh, and, and now don't do this. And so we'll see, but that's, they're taking us to war. You got that theater, you got the theater around Taiwan, which, you know, they're saying they're in defense of Taiwan here, but you don't know with, they're not in bed with the Chinese doing it. Okay. So we got that theater. We've got, uh, uh, the, uh, the Ukraine theater, and now we've got the Middle East theater because Israel's going in there with more sabotage stuff and hitting the Iranian nuclear facilities. And, uh, so now that's about to start up. And of course, China's totally in bed with Iran on an oil deal and has troops over there in Iran. So listen, the trigger could go on at any point on either three of these spots. As if things weren't complex enough. So anyway, on the on the domestic front, we got uh, absolute insanity going on again in Minnesota. Uh, they're trying to burn ICE headquarters down in Portland with with ICE officers inside, and the Biden administration just doesn't do shit. This is bad. Okay, well, burn them, toast them. Uh, and and uh, uh, just the, the border situation where they're not even. <laughs> it's bad enough 
where about 10 days ago they were saying the Biden, the the Zionist Sabbatean bastard Jews uh, through Biden are saying, don't come right now. Stay in your homes. We're going to we're going to set up DHS, I guess, DHS or immigration offices in your country. We're going to set up offices and put officers and agents down there so you can go apply at the office, our satellite office in Nicaragua, so you don't have to fight that long Mexican trip all the way up here to get all those goodies. Well, let me throw in. Well, well hold it. I'm not finished because okay. I was going to hit about what you're going to hit, and now the latest turn is we'll actually pay you to stay home, Okay. We'll pay you to stay home. So my old friend Ruth, who lives in Texas, has been in process of getting her Mexican residency, and she's like, you know, right at that last stage to get it, and she's going, well, I'm, I'm going to pop down there and get my residency. And I said, well, you ought to do that, and then write the U.S. and tell them you're a resident and you're going to come up there and you want to get paid and get a double dip out of that deal. Is that not the the extremes these people are going to? They're letting get this chris they're letting government employees take paid leave if they'll go help with the border and the youth crisis the people at nasa over two thousand people were given four months leave paid leave paid leave to go off and help with these children quote unquote immigrant children they're also now giving big incentives for Border Patrol people if they'll even give more additional help to helping the the people cross the borders. I mean, it's just it's just done. You color uh, it's the end of the country if you're looking. May at I it. quote Voltaire here? Sure. Those that would make you believe absurdities can make you do atrocities. This is exactly what we're seeing. This is Jade Helm, 2015, controlling the human domain. Well, it's pretty ugly what's shaping up to be. Um, I did like, I uh, saw DeSantis, um, who's probably turned out to be the best governor in the country, if you're looking at our way of thinking has got signs up telling them look we check all workers against this database thing which used to be the law most people would disregard uh i like it the gal that i think is the governor is a female of iowa i don't remember her name but they're trying to pawn all of these kids off on different states you know but they've got to go back and ask the state permission first to use their facilities and the governor of Iowa turned them down and said, you created this mess, you deal with it. We don't have any facilities for you. Well, he, she's smarter than the average political activist posed as a fair neutral governor somewhere like here in Nevada or, some other, or California. It's a very dangerous world out here, and of course we talk about this most every day on this particular platform, which we can actually talk about the truth of what's going on, and that brings to mind Darren Beatty over at Revolver News and his expose about Bellingcat, which is a Intel special influencing operations 
crisis event managed production hoax productions, if you will, of mind control. And this is controlling the human domain in the theater of operations, which is the planet these days. They want the whole world. I see James on there. I'll back off. What do you want to back off as James? Do you think he's going to bite you? No, but I thought he may have an alternative view that could have some legs. Oh, okay. Uh, well, anybody's always welcome to speak here. And um, these are, it, it, it's a complex time, man. There's just a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff that are, is on the periphery. When he mentioned the vaccine, the shots, the passport, any of that stuff, you know, all, all that's hinging too. I have a feeling they're losing the momentum on the vaccine. I think they're being exposed. I think a lot of people, the deaths are getting out. Uh, I think the uh, the accessibility of information is still too great through the Internet. And I think they've lost the vaccine deal. They're going to have to come back and try and reorganize uh, it if they can get something more deadly that's got that's really killing people but a lot of folks are seeing through the farce that is covid19 the psc pcs tests all of the the all the crap that's involved <laughs> with it okay well in the empire of lies the truth is a lonely hunter and so we are absolutely seeing this this morning on war room they brought on richard no, uh, I think his name was, uh, oh, I got it here, sorry, it's Fleming. He's been in this uh, thing, a nuclear physicist, cardiologist. cardiologist from 1994, and tells us this stuff is absolutely in their own documents. If you look at the statistical analysis, it absolutely doesn't do anything to change the curve of the number of people that come down with it, notwithstanding uh, comorbidity factors but remember this is a mind mine it set off this explosion of disinfo in people's minds they're buying the lies they are being led to the slaughter like lambs over the cliff by the pied piper Fauci, and gates and the other bioterrorism projectors that want them to believe that their vaccines are going to cure something when they're really an experiment, a gain of function, an increase of death rate, kill rate, if you will. This is a death heads cult of the manifest largest proportions, and the people in the world are being gaslighted in this crisis event managed production. Well, I'm going to tell you what they've bid it hook, line, and sinker down here. I mean, it just shows me the... Uh the maskability of people, the maskability index. Maybe we need to come up with some new nomenclature here. The maskability index is to just how big a sheep are you, okay? And and the ones that will come up and continue to oh no, mascarilla, mascarilla, you know all that crap. So I've just gotten the point. I didn't I didn't get out and do a whole bunch of stuff anyway. Quite frankly, I'm kind of a homebody, and I live out in the country, and it's a little bit of a hassle to get out and go somewhere. I got to walk about a half mile uphill, you know. And uh, so it's not something I don't do, but it's just not something I go, oh, boy, I'm going to go walk a half a mile up he uphill. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, when I do do it, it's great. When I don't do it, it's all right. I just stay around the house. But a lot of people that are out and about, uh, it affects you greatly. And it's amazing to me when I do get out and I just 
with the exception of where you absolutely have to, I don't put that thing on. And uh, it amazes me the people that, well, there's a lot of people ignore you now and don't make one way or the other, but virtually everybody here has the, is wearing the damn things. And occasionally, if you're not, one of them will come up and, you know, masqueria or masqueria this or that, and I just usually tell them I have a lung problem. And uh, they just uh, they accept it. You know, somebody I used to know said any of these people, like a cop stops you alongside the road or whatever, they're looking for a story, Okay. They're looking for you to tell them something that they can buy, and they'll accept it and go on about their way. And uh, I, the the I've got pulmonary love for lungs, you know, health problems, and they go okay, well, understandable. Uh, let's see what else. Anybody got something important to bring to the table here that we haven't touched on? That's important happening or any of that stuff. The fine, the situation in the financial situation is getting pretty good too. By the way, I think Bitcoin went over 63 grand this morning. Uh, so that whole inflation thing and all of that's heating up. So a nice little, uh, uh, a potpourri of uh, different problems that we've got all coming to some sort of head at the same time. Roger, <clears throat> and you just said something sparked my uh, memory as to they're looking for a response. So we were in Florida in a hotel a month or so ago, and I'd never wore a mask, and others had masks. And the one lady there we had seen about had never worn a mask, so I was sort of drawn to her for uh, camaraderie. So we all ended up, I don't know how many people were in the elevator and she's standing there without a mask. And so I quick looked over at her. She looked around. She goes, don't worry, folks. I've had my vaccination. Don't worry. Everything's good. And you could, you could just sense the relaxation of everyone in the uh, elevator. How well, the hell do we had a shot or not? Well, you know, they, what they've proven now doesn't, that doesn't make a damn. You can still get the, and transmit this disease whether you've been vaccinated or not. Well, yeah, it's like love your enemies, like they teach your kids in church, love your enemies. And then I asked the question, was that before we blew their brains out or after? Jeez, I'm telling you, man, it's just like the whole nuttiest thing. Uh, it's, uh, I really, and the more the, that I dwell on it, and I do occasionally here is think that this is one of their main objectives in this whole thing is the shot. Obviously there's too much emphasis on it. It's too weird. It's development, it's origin, the speed, all of it's just too weird. And that has got to be one of their objectives is perfecting the collateral. Once they get that in there and it changes your proteins and folds them or whatever that mnra messenger thing's supposed to do and it folds those proteins they've now changed your metabolism the same way that monsanto uh, uh, uh soybeans or uh, or the canola beans up in canada went over and infected the neighbor's farm and monsanto sued him for encroaching on their patents and monsanto won Right. <laughs> so what they're doing, you see, that even brings a little more emphasis on what we do here and the opportunity that we still have is we can get, we can get as collateral, we can get our asses unperfected and out of there. And once you get the shot, you can't do that, I would imagine, legally. 
in their systems, okay? Lawfully, we know it's fraud and everything else, but I'm talking about that is for the masses. One of the pushes I believe they're doing is to perfect the collateral. The, the collateral that lives. <laughs> yeah, the slaves that uh, they could not that make it. Uh, maintain a good uh, uh, collateral on uh, in the slavery days, the black slavery days. Now nah, it's everyone. We're walking around collateral yeah. controlled. Yes, but, but we can still get out, Joe. We can give them an affidavit, and we're out of their little scam. But if you get the shot, according to their rules, that won't be possible. And so, and if we, hold on, as we go through this reset thing, don't forget, they're wanting to give you all, everybody accounts directly with the central bank. Yes. Who was trying to say, Roger? It was me, Joe, from the Hall of Shame fame in Ohio. Um, I have presented this to several folks and to bring it down to the level of easy to grasp, I use the scenario that James has with his license plate and how when he gets uh, uh, stopped by a, a policeman for speeding or whatever the case would be, he presents his card and then they look at his license plate, take everything into consideration, come back and say, have a good day. And they say, well, that's just, that's just not right. What do you mean? Well, that's not fair. That's like those diplomats from these other countries come in here. No, I don't want to hear about that. That's anti-American. I mean, you know, the reactions from people over the years is astounding to me, Joe. It's not unusual. You know, I think I mentioned there was a guy. He's probably dead now. But 10 years or so ago, he had a, a little old radio station. He'd owned all his life up around Knoxville, Sevierville, up in that area of eastern uh, uh, Tennessee. And he carried a lot of Alex Jones and all the micro broadcasters. And he had that kind of ideal. And I knew one of the people that stumbled into my stuff knew him through another friend, had a good friend that was a host on his network. And he told him about my stuff and he wouldn't expose it. You know why? Did you hear me say this the other day? I mean, you want to talk about the battles? I keep telling you all the crap I've had to go through with this all these years. This is a perfect example right here. Okay. Do you know why the guy wouldn't expose my material? Um, oh, God. Probably thought it was un-American or un-Christ-like. Because it involved getting a passport, and he thought everybody would get a passport and leave the country. All his audience. Wow, great logic. The That's why he didn't look any further into it, because it involved a passport, which it doesn't necessarily, but nobody either A, explained it to him, or he asked enough questions to understand that that was just a symbolic in the idea. It doesn't matter. You can have a passport and never want to leave your whole damn lot line, you know? But that was his reason for not exposing this. Let's see if I can think of some of the other cockeyed reasons that I've been presented with, because I've seen several um but those are those are just two of the way people react because they don't understand again and they don't either have it explained to them correctly or they don't ask enough correct questions to get that straight and to understand that of what's been going on it that's why i say and i tell you guys and i know you don't appreciate it okay yeah, until you go out and start talking to other people about this you don't at least you can't appreciate how important each and every one of you are to me 
because all these things we're talking about right here. Okay. I got to pay taxes because how else is the government going to get their money? Oh, my God. There's, you know, there's another one on the ta- whole tax issue, which, by the way, is evidently going to get real important. So we'll sharpen up our sword because as far and I've been messing with this for, as you know, almost 30 years, I've never seen a more easier way to get out of the tax system than we got here. Okay. I've heard all these patriot myths. And I don't believe them. They never work out. Well, I mean, okay, can we, you know, the, if you're going to look at this, and we got a good example, hopefully, with Terry. Remember Terry, the, the guy from Houston, the med guy from the emergency room? We hadn't been with us in a couple of weeks. But his buddy that's the billionaire said, I'll listen if you can get me out of the tax movement. I said, tell him. We'll, we can do it. Okay? And uh, now you take somebody like that, Gary, and you go back and you go to what's the first thing you start with. There's only two statuses. You're either free or you're bond, right? Yep. Okay. Now I'm going to take you to 26 CFR 1.1-1A and read you that sentence. An income tax is placed on all individuals who are citizens of the United States and residents, and to the extent of 871 and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals. Now you agreed there's only two statuses, one free and one slave. On this right here, which one's free and which one's slave? I didn't, you know, and see all the rest of these tax guys, man, they're digging through these regulations and these statutes to try and interpret all this ambiguous, antiquated, burdensome language. And here's the thing right here is the jurisdictional statement. Which one of those is free and which one slave? And which one are you? U.S. citizen. Okay, so, uh, and in fact, if you wanted to, interestingly enough, if you flip that page, if you're looking at a hard copy of the CFR and flip it over in the next page, they got some questions there in, this is in the CFR, and it says, who is a citizen? Who is a citizen? All persons born or naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Born and naturalized in the United States. There's the 14th Amendment quoting it right to you. Who's a citizen? This guy right here. So, I mean, does that does it get does it get any easier to, to explain or understand? You're either this or you're that. Okay, and the reason is nobody else that's researching this has approached it and understood it the way we do, or you can draw somebody's attention with those two facts right there and show them exactly what's going on. I wish I had recorded what you just said in the last three or four minutes because I need to have that kind of depth. And it's good gosh, it's really, really simple. But now I I appreciate where you're coming from, the trying to explain that to someone. I had a guy in my office the other day and going like, and he just looked at me like I was incredulous. And he's not, you know, he's a libertarian minded person, but no one's looked at this stuff. Not in my circle of friends. I mean, when I started this back in 2006 and seven, the first thing I saw, they tried to push this whole thing down really quickly. And now it's come back up. Some one of your friends invited me to this group. But what you just said, just made perfect sense. So hopefully, Roger, you got that 
the CFR regs written down somewhere, and you can send that to me in an email. I can, yeah, well, I can tell you, yeah, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's in the book. Have you read the book, Dan? What book? You haven't, you're not familiar with my book? I wrote a book. No. I say I wrote it. I wrote a manuscript, about an 80-page manuscript, in an epiphany that I had for about five days, a period there before I left the U.S. This is probably in about that same time frame, 2006, maybe, seven, okay? And uh, uh, anyway, I wrote, generated this 80-page manuscript. It was very rough. I sent it to uh, later on, a few years later it came up, and I sent it to my teachers, John and Glenn, one of which is still alive, the other's deceased, uh, and they're the ones that made it into a really startling book, okay? It's got my name on it. They really did most of the heavy lifting, but I provided the idea, and I'm the one that kind of unraveled this from all of the other tax stuff we'd all been studying together, okay? In other words, I went in and had to fight the IRS, and I said, there's got to be a damn better way to do this, and I went back and started looking at jurisdiction, and that's where all this came from, Okay. So uh, it's called From Sovereign to Serve, Government by the Treachery and Deception of Words. The first half is my story. The second half is the legal argument, which is a masterpiece. Okay, And you can uh, get it several ways. Uh, uh, through my, my website is SovereignToSurf.com. It's not real up-to-date, but it's got all the necessary stuff on there, all spelled out, SovereignToSurf.com. And there's an e-book copy and a, a hard copy. And it's uh, quite a book, okay? And it pioneers all of this and gives you the basis for the feudal system and all the old English law and how all this has been developed. But when you really get your arms around all of it, like you were saying that little bit I just went over, there's only two statuses. You're either free or you're slave. And the, the important thing to understand is their whole game is built on dialectics, opposites. And that's what they're doing and how they've accomplished is they always switch us to the opposite. Okay, that's why all the laws, are, the Patriot Act, etc., are all written in that opposite of whatever particular dialectic idea, concept you're looking at. Okay, now that's very important because it tells us that there's always just two options. Okay, when you're looking at an issue and you can break it down to its two dialectical opposites, you got the issue, don't you? Okay. Yes, and, you do. and now yeah, you know, sense. and you always know what the answer is because it's always 180 degrees of what they're trying to sell you. But when you can get down to that type of understanding, you can frame that over any of these things, and you can come up with answers just like that, that these other people that don't understand what they're dealing with are flailing and having a hard time with. Because it is intentionally confusing, okay? But if you break it down to these simplistic things, it's easier to understand, and therefore it's easier to explain. But all these break down to that one question, and that's why I advise everybody starting any discussion with people, let's get some common agreement here before we get started, okay? There's, e there's only two statuses. You're either free or you're slave. You can call it bond. You can 
you know, do any of that stuff, but there's only two of those statuses. And now you can just superimpose that over a bunch of different issues and you got them right there. And if they come back and question it, you go, but remember we agreed there's only two statuses and you come back and remind them of that agreement and bring them back to the issue at hand. Permit me to ask a somewhat naive question. The, the lawyers, and I'm sure there's some lawyers amongst us here, I mean, the, the study on how these statues are written, and why do they not get this? Because why they, that- well, I think I, I've got a partial answer for you anyway. That's because, like, the, the dentists that don't know, you can't talk to them about fluoride and mercury in the filling. Or your doctor uh, yeah. that you can't go talk about, uh, you know, natural medicine and vitamins. Same type of phenomena. They get them in those schools and they get them uh, trained basically where they can't think outside the box. So we've all been indoctrinated and we need to get them indoctrinated. In a sense, and I can give you a perfect story of this, Dan, was from my teacher, John Benson, who was the law guy. Okay. Amazing guy, had an unbelievable command of the law because he'd studied it his whole life just because he liked it, okay? And so at one point, he was a Mormon. He was living in, in, uh, out in Salt Lake, I believe, and he called, I don't know if it was University of Utah or Utah State, but he called the law school over there, and he actually got the dean of the law school on the phone. And he was saying, I'd like to come back and go to law school. And the dean's going, great, we'd love to have you. And he said, well, I'm particularly interested in the concept of the word person. Okay? Person, pretty important word, right? Person. And he said, well, look, that's no problem. We teach that. We teach it in a course, an elective course called jurisprudence. And once uh, it's an elective course, so once enough people have signed up to take it, we teach it. And John said, well, when was the last time you taught it? And he said, uh, six years ago. <laughs> so you wonder why lawyers don't understand they graduated from that law school, the legal concept behind the word person? There's your reason. Hey, Raj. Yes, Alan. One other thing on lawyers there, I think that uh, the oath they take and all and the way they indoctrinate them, I believe if they were to try and try anything under common law that they would lose their license and be disbarred and not able to practice anymore. I may be wrong on that, but I'm, I think that's the way that well, that they work. Remember, being a member of the bar and being licensed are two different things. A bar yeah. is a is a union. Brent is not a member of the bar, and Brent's an attorney. Uh, oh, okay. Dan, we have we have an attorney with us on every Friday, by the way, for five six years now. Brent Winters, have you heard one of those shows yet, Dan? No, I have not. Okay. Well, he, he, he's got a great site, commonlawyer.com, but he specializes in the common law. He's translated his own Bible. He's a he's a hell of a guy. He should be a national treasure, really. Well, I'll, I'll try to make it a point to tune in on Friday for sure. Well, now, you know, you can also access archives. Do you know about the archives? 
<laughs> You're making me admit my my. Uh, okay, well that's okay. That's okay. Look, you know, no problem. Everybody stumbled on this at some point. Uh, I've got about two and a half years of archives, and they're over on a site called Castbox. C A S T like casting a rod or casting a cast net. Castbox.fm and and in the search engine put Radio Ranch and it'll be the first option that put two words that pop up and there's two and a half years of 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 shows over there and they've got some kind of a description on them and Brent is with us every Friday. And we've had some unbelievable shows together, Brent Winters and myself. Okay, well, I'm going to – you're giving me lots of homework then. Yeah. And thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And um, how did you hear about us? You said one of your friends uh, mentioned this? Jack Abercrombie. Oh, Big Jack. Okay, Dan. Yeah. Um, listen, um, you can, yeah, I've got those two briefs. Uh, they're very short documents we've written lately. If you don't have them, you can just drop me an email and I'll send them to you on, um, the, how to escape the matrix and how to file a national, uh, a national, uh, uh affidavit stipulation with the secretary of state. Um, yeah. you're, in, you're in Ecuador, right? Yeah, I got those. Uh, and, uh, I just did. You probably included the uh, sovereign to serve them. I just didn't open it up. So, um, yeah, well, I may I may not have. I don't think I'd send out the book, but that's a uh, it's a powerful book. I'll tell you that it changes people's lives. And uh, well, I'll, I'll get that for sure. It's a it's it's a very strong book. Um, and I say that because when I wrote, read what they'd written on their edit there, I, I cried literally. I was in Argentina. Uh, sitting out on a beautiful fall day out in a park uh, and uh, at a ta picnic table reading that, and it just is, is very moving. Of course, I knew what it was before, too, so that made a big difference. Uh, but this is what they've done, and uh, somehow just through a series of events, and i got to tell you, Dan, I'm not, I don't know why the hell the good Lord tapped me to do this. I've I've wondered it for many years, but it got to a point where I was the only one that understood it. Even my teachers, I had to explain it to them, really. And um, and I knew that I tried to give it to a bunch of people over the years, and nobody wanted to pick it up. Most people couldn't even understand it. And if it was going to get out, it was on my shoulders. And I knew how important the information is, and that it had to get out. So that's why I'm here. Well, I guess... You know, God works in mysterious ways. I guess I, this has been a passion of mine for a long time. I mean, I've had a, a website domain called Learn to Be Free, like a license plate for like 12 years. And uh, I think it was the Sons of Liberty I first started following way back when, early 2000s, I guess. And it's just something inherent. You just know it's in your blood. Yep. I don't know, but it's just there. And you're going like, man, this is just wrong. And you feel compelled to try to explain people. And in doing so, you get labeled as a conspiracy nut and everything else. But, you know, you, you live the life the best correct way that you can. And then sometimes by example, some people gravitate towards you and they say, hey, you know, I, I was wrong. You were right. So what do I do now? You got to discover it on your the, own, dude. But, the, the difference, you know, what you're talking about right there is the difference between what I call, don't mistake this, black power and white power. This is, it had nothing to do with race. Okay, and black power, evil power, dark power 
such as we are fighting and talking about here, has to reach out and touch you to exercise its power. You got to either come fumble into their web or they're going to send a SWAT team or some agent or something out to contact you to exercise that power. Okay. And white power or positive power, if you will, uh, attracts. And it's exactly what you just said. People see what you have and they go, I want some of that. How do I get it? See, and, and those are the differences in all. Once again, there's your dialectic. One attracts and one uh, repels. It's quite interesting stuff. And the amazing thing to me, the deeper I get into it and understand it is how simple it is. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that apparently was the problem when I tried to explain that. It was just too simple. It just, they were, were just like, where's the catch? How many, how many times are I going to get sued? Who's going to arrest me? And they go, wait, wait, you just, okay, let me back up. And I'll bring you more information when I know, when and I know our, myself. Our people always frame things, and well, what am I going to do when I have to go to court? Right? Well, how's this going to stand up in court? Isn't that all the questions? Well, oh, you yeah. see, the thing oh, yeah. about this is if you do it properly and you're not already involved with them, you're never going to be in court because they've got no jurisdiction to charge you with anything unless you murder somebody, property crimes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I uh, the the phrase was uh, knowledge is power, and one of the responses I got says no, knowledge isn't power. Power is power. If they decide they want you, they don't care what you file. Action so, on knowledge is power. Knowledge with no action is not a zilch. Might give you a little peace of mind. Okay, <laughs> good deal. <laughs> That's correct. That is correct. So, uh, and that's what we teach you to do here and try and get, uh, people up. And I got a guy, uh, is Robin on with us? Did Robin, this listener, Robin find our way into Jitsi today? <laughs> it's a funny story. There's a gal that's been communicating with me through the email address and she was asking me, she said, oh, that she's asked me questions, this, that, and the other. She says, what is gypsy? I'm going gypsy, gypsy. And so then she, I said, what do you mean, Gypsy? And she said, that platform. I went, oh, Jitsi. <laughs> I thought, God, I couldn't believe I couldn't put that together, right? Uh, she's got some fella, a friend she knows, or a guy that she follows website. She's got the information, too. He's up in uh, West Virginia. And uh, so he's, it, it grabbed him, you know. And so he's thinking about it, and he's, he wants to check and see anybody that's filed an affidavit. When, and she wrote me that, and I went, well, hell, man. I, you know, the people on the show here, a lot of them have filed an affidavit. And I said, but you tell him that I've been helping people do this 11 years now, and there's never been a blowback incident that I've ever been informed of. Somebody had something happen because they'd done this. It's just never happened in 11 years, not once. They try and throw these bluff letters out and try and confuse you and see if you know your stuff, but you can get past those pretty easy. And uh, we've never had one of those refused okay, when you rebutted it. But um, I said, well, tell him to call Jim Ram. You know, here's a retired cop, and 
And so uh, we sent him Jim's uh, uh, website address. So Jim, he's going to probably contact you. I think his name's Jim, too. And he's going to say, what about filing this affidavit? And see, it hits me is our people do not even understand it's not their choice. And I didn't do this. I didn't understand this for a long time either. I mean, I'm not throwing stones. But we need to understand our political status is our choice, not theirs. That's why they've had to go through these links to set this thing up so convolutedly where they can ask you those questions that you don't understand what they're asking you to get your consent. They've gone to all that trouble because they can't tell you what you are. That's your choice. And here's the other point on this, and I was thinking about this over the weekend. We've got this Alan. Alan's still with us. Alan, through his diligent research, brought us this wonderful example of a Supreme Court case, Ephraim, Ephraim versus Rusk. We've talked about it briefly. Uh, Ephraim was a Polish Jew, immigrated to the U.S., went through the immigration process, got his 14th Amendment voluntary servitude, screwed up a rule that they had in effect back at that time. I think this is in the, I think this is in the late 50s. You remember the time of that? That was the case that it overturned. It's probably in the 60s. And so he goes and takes the Secretary of State, who was Dean Rusk. He's from Georgia, okay? Uh, and a big, got a big... Uh, building or something dedicated to him over there in Athens at the University of Georgia. He was a University of Georgia grad, okay? Rhodes Scholar, all that stuff. Well, he was also the Secretary of State. Who was he under? I don't remember what president he was Secretary of State under. Anyway, they take away Ephraim's 14th Amendment rights because he crossed the boundary and voted in an Israeli election, which was against the rules. And he went back and sued him, and he sued Dean Rusk. Why, why, in trying to get his rights erroneously taken, reinstated, did he sue this guy, Dean Rusk? Well, because he's the Secretary of State, and he's the one that's got the ultimate authority. So if any of you run across these yahoos, they go, I ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't have to file and tell him anything. And we got those kind of people that think like that, okay? Well, here, here's Ephraim. He's trying to get his rights back. Who did he sue all the way to the Supreme Court? The Secretary of State. Why? Well, because he's the ultimate guy with the decision. That's why he was sued, okay? So regardless, Ephraim comes in. He makes that suit. They overturn a previous suit from 58, I believe. And they said, well, well no, you can't take those rights away from him. Ephraim, who violated the regulation of voting in the Israeli election and got caught, even though they did take him away, they had to reinstate him, and the Supreme Court says, no, you can't take him away. Why can't you take him away? It's because they're voluntary. It's Ephraim's choice. He's the one that immigrated to the U.S. and got him, and it's this voluntary servitude system, and they can't take away what you only have the ability to do. It's a backwards way of looking at it, okay? But it's a beautiful case to illustrate that we're dealing with the feudal system here and the type of voluntary servitude that everybody's in, even a Polish Jew who immigrated to the country. And that 
Dan, is what all those other folks out there don't have a concept of. And and it's and I understand all this. I'm not being detrimental, derogatory to them. But you wake up here and you go, most of us have no affiliation, association with the law, okay, other than Perry Mason and a couple of the law shows, okay. So you come in here, you got to get confronted with all this very tricky stuff, and you go, I'm going to learn this, I'm going to beat them. Well, you're going to learn and beat the system that you're facing. Instead of sitting there and thinking, 250 years ago, if I was a bunch of old satanic psychopath devil worshipers and I wanted to take over the world, how would you do it? You sit down together in a smoke-filled room and conjure up the devil, and we're going to build this new system, El Diablo, okay? And we're going to have this, and in this this area we're going to have this, in the tax area here, and over a criminal we're going to have this, and if any of these specific things happen, we'll have to know how to counteract them and what to do. So they got to build a whole system of things the way that the system's going to run, well, they, 250 years ago, they don't know technology is going to be there. They don't know the circumstances, don't know the situations. They can't project any of that stuff, even 10 years in the future, much less hundreds. Okay. But what they can do is they can turn around and look the other way and go, well, look, we had this uh, feudal system around for about a thousand years. We know how it works. Pretty much every contingency that you come up with technology or not has been confronted and we got some guidelines why don't we go back and just change a couple of the names and bring those systems forward and impose them on the trusting unsuspecting devils that being us which one are they going to do think you're going to try and conjure up some system they don't have any idea what's coming or how to deal with it or they're going to go back and use something they got a, a whole a history of thousands or thousands of years like the Babylonian Merchant Code and bring that in and impose it on the other one, just exactly like they did with the tax system. So anyway, it's just a couple of those things that if you could get somebody and shake them a little bit and say, look at this, don't think about any statutes, any regulations, any court cases, any situations. Let's just look at looking at this this way. And go back to those simple things. You see, this isn't what they're doing. They don't have a choice. It's your choice. And this is how you've given it to them, A. And this is how, if you understand that and want to, you can take that power you've given them away. And that's the only way we're going to beat these guys. Or they're going to fall on their own petard, which is what they're probably going to do. So anyway, I just got off on a little bit that maybe for your benefit, Dan, more than, but there's other folks out there too. And if you go back to the real simplistic ways of looking at this, like this guy, Jim, he's wanting to check and see if anybody's had any problems filing the affidavit. Well, there, there hadn't been to, to my knowledge. And I got to believe if there was ever a problem, I'd know about it. Okay. Not one. No, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Yeah, and and it's just it's it's the way of looking at this and understand. You can't under you can't look at it like that unless you really understand it. Okay, and you step back from it. But when you bring those very straightforward 
and simple ways of looking at it to bear. It helps get over your fear. It helps understand what they've done and all they've done. They don't have any power. The power they've got, they tricked you into giving them. It's that simple. Slick though, man, it's just slick what they've done here. They got a whole world thinking like this. So we'll see. They're really pressing the pressing the pedal to the metal, especially in the uh, Brit- British Commonwealth of Canada and Australia. But evidently, England's backing off. They backed off of some of the restrictions here over the last 24, 48 hours because, uh, of course, I always think of it in relation to our buddy Paul, who's over there, and one of the networks that does simulcast our program here, our broadcast is Eurofolk Radio. And they got a lot of folks over there in that part of the world. And uh, it's just unfortunate. I'm, I feel very where, – where are you? You're down on the coast, aren't you, Dan? Yeah, I'm in Bahia de Caracas. Okay. Well, I, I, we're, you know, fortunate to be in Ecuador. Well, I guess we got a new president. We got the establishment, got their president voted in. I noticed Ecuadorian bonds went up a little bit and their credibility. I suppose that means the yield went down. Yeah, well, they guaranteed the bondholders their uh, their interest because they was afraid the other one was going to default one more time. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. There's quite a different uh, a range of choice there. You had a communist or you had an international banker. So it's going to be control exercised. It's like I told you, everything's a dialectic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even it by boils down to its most natural state, really. Yeah, no, you know? I started. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then the Ecuadorian Constitution, I've been studying for their uh, citizenship test, and uh, everything in that Constitution is pretty cool, but no one's following it. So right. that's another situation. Every country has its own uh, demon, for lack of a better word. So, yeah. Well, you can uh, you can go back, and if you want to follow through on this and get to a point you want to take action on the knowledge, you can do that through the embassy here. I've done it several times through the embassy in Argentina and uh, even had a meeting. When I was down there, my first passport got stolen, Dan. Just it was only a couple of years old by a couple of Americans. Oh, surprise, surprise. And uh, yeah. so I turned 62, and I wanted to uh, – cash into social security okay and so uh if you're going to do that and you're in a foreign country you got to go through the embassy and so they said well you got to have an active passport and i said well i it got stolen they said well you got to have one so i'm going to go get a new one but i did not have did when you left the states and moved to ecuador did you bring an original copy of your birth certificate with you no well, you mean you didn't? Well, why not? Wouldn't everybody do that? <laughs> so, uh, this was right when Obama just got elected, see? And I, I was talking to him at the embassy. I said, well, you, you mean Obama doesn't have to have one? And I do. <laughs> I got a copy of mine. Okay. 
<laughs> and they said, yes, you got to. So I said, well, they said, well, we got a remedy for you. You can go ahead and pay the $140 for a passport and we'll issue you a temporary passport that's good for a year. And then you turn that in within a year and we'll reissue the 10-year permanent one at no cost. And I said, okay, well, we can do that. Okay. And so uh, instead of go to the embassy in Buenos Aires, because I was on the other side of the country, 600-mile one-way trip, and uh, they said, well, we're coming out and visit where you are. We have a thing at the embassy. I don't know if they do it here in Ecuador. They may. Uh, but they have a program called an outreach program. Is there an is there an embassy office or a counselor in uh, Guayaquil? Do you know? Yeah, there's a counselor. Office okay, they got a counselor. So, see, you could partake that way. Well, in Argentina, it's not like that. And they said every twice a year we go out into the hinterlands to deal with stuff like this. And I said, when are you going to be in Mendoza? And they said, in a month. And I said, book me there. So I went up 150 miles to Mendoza City. And uh, they rent an office, and it's somebody from the passport office and uh, uh, one of the Argentine helpers there. They staff the embassies with local people all over the world, you know. And so I sit down with this gal, and it's the only time I've ever gotten to hand my affidavit, which is five pages long, hand it to a representative of the federal government and explain it to her, which I did, Okay. And she looked at me and she said, well, Roger, we've dealt with other U.S. nationals before, but we've never dealt with one like this. And I said, well, why don't you take that affidavit back to the embassy and give it to the legal department, which she did. And 10 days later, I got my temporary passport. I had another very interesting experience with an embassy personnel when I was coming down to visit Argentina for the first time. And I, at the airport in Miami, as we were checking into the flight, my friend who was traveling, I was traveling with, was an experienced traveler. I'd never traveled outside the U.S. before. And so they always put you at the last gate on the long terminal, right? And so uh, that trip to Argentina is a nine-hour flight. It's a long flight. And so I get down there and through all my bumbling checking in and all that and he's already talking to this gal and a guy at the chair and i sit down and he goes roger this is so and so and so and so they they're from the embassy in jamaica and i went oh how nice and just we're just about to talk and that's when they announced the boarding call and they were already advanced check-in and so they got up and left and I didn't see him again. It's a big plane, you know, one of the big planes. And till the next morning, when you're on one of these overnight flights, what happens when everybody wakes up in the morning, they all need to go to the bathroom, right? And all the activity of people getting up in the plane wakes people up because you're not sleeping real good anyway if you are sleeping. And so there's lines at the bathrooms. And at the bathroom line, I get next to the guy from the embassy. Okay. And so he's waiting, got to go to the bathroom. We're all waiting. And I get him, and he's a captive audience, you know. And I go, Oh, you work at the embassy uh, in Jamaica? He says, Yeah, yeah. And I said, Well, you know, it's right when people were starting to expatriate a lot. 
And uh, I said, there's a whole big surge in expatriation that I've been reading. He goes, well, that's what I do at the embassy. And I went, really? And I said, do you know that there's two different types of citizenships in this country? And his eyes got as big as eggs in a slop bucket, okay? And he looked at me and said, I, 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 I don't know about that. You'll have to ask some of the legal guys in Washington. And he got out of the line of waiting when he was just about to get to the bathroom and ran up the aisle, and I never saw him again. But he knew, okay? So just a couple of interesting stories along the way. But I've never heard, you know, outside of one of these bluff letters, which is, and they don't do it very often, but they send, and it's always the same first sentence. The rest of the letter can be cut and paste, evidently. But they're just trying to test you. It appears by what you've submitted, Dan, that you're a citizen of the United States, and then they quote the 14th Amendment. And they come back and blah, 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 except by operation of law. And that's how the paragraph ends there. And you just write them back and say, well, since this is my choice and not yours, is Vattel's law nations good enough as operable law? And they send you whatever you want. Um, but that's, it's just a big scam. It's just one damn big scam all built upon them turning this, those questions around and brainwashing you to where you'll say yes, just like Pavlov's dogs salivated when they rang the bell. Yep. It's pretty evident now. Yep. And that's one of their big fears, see? Now, you know and understand these guys, they have to know that getting out of this thing is simple as this. They're the ones that set it up, right? So how do you think they feel about maybe this message really getting a toehold and getting exposed to a bunch of people all of a sudden when they're as mad as hornets in a hornet's nest like they are right now? Yeah, they sure are. So it's a it's an interesting situation. I wish there's some magic poof that could happen. I've been doing this long enough and worked with enough people to understand it's the exceptional person that that happens with. And most people, once they get confronted with this, it just takes time because they're having to go back and untie those knots in your mind. Yeah, and, and I guess you've been dealing with this task for a long time, and I'm looking at the road ahead of me, and I'm looking forward to it. So, <laughs> Well, the advantage you've got now is that we know so much more. Instead of pioneering it, we can just show you where the road is. Yeah, and that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, Roger, I got to go, but okay, I will Dan, uh, we'll... send you some emails or, or something just okay. to follow up and make sure I've got everything. All right, I really man. appreciate you. We're right here. Thanks. Well, glad you chimed in today. It's been a nice discourse, and I always like going over these things. So welcome aboard, man. Let us know how we can right. help. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, what else? We got any other new folks? Did Robin show up? No, Russ did. I was hoping little old Robin, my email uh, person would show up anybody got anything to add any great breaking news you got some analysis you want to bring on anything we talked about just then between uh, dan and i 
Nobody had anything to observe on that. Oh, come on, guys. You sure make my job hard, don't you? Chris, you got nothing to add? Wow. Well, man, that's unusual. All right, well, let me check here uh, and zero hedge and see if anything new, newsworthy or noteworthy has popped up outside of uh, folks, J&J uh, &J vaccine is suspended. Uh, let's see, all kinds of stuff about this virus. Um, demands no more policing. It's a... Uh, it's thing in Minneapolis is going to be interesting. It's pretty clear cut from the little I've seen. I haven't paid great attention that Chauvin, the police officer, is just innocent as the day is long. We all knew that kind of anyway. The George Floyd died over really uh, fentanyl. They're trying to keep all that evidence out from in front of the jury or get it excluded from the proceedings or whatever the tricks the DA is trying to pull up there. And they're still having all of these riots. Now, this is worth talking about, okay? And that is the latest incident up there. And I don't know the young man's name that was, was – did he have a murder warrant out for him? Somebody help me out here. Didn't didn't he, he had a, he had some sort of a warrant? Was it a murder warrant? Did I hear that or not? I'm going to assume that I that we're going out over the air. Let me see if uh, my my gauges. How are my gauges doing here? Yeah, looks like we're still tied up to the server. Okay, so and I don't know. Was the guy's name Derek something? <clears throat> the one that was shot accidentally in Minneapolis here night before last. You guys are really, really making it hard on me today. Okay, I'm going to say it's Derek because I'm not getting any help from anybody. I'm pretty sure that was his first name at least. And he got shot, and there was a warrant out for him. I believe the warrant was for murder. And he got chased by the police on the warrant and the female cop that had him confronted that shot him the female officer reached for her taser and came up with her glock and pulled the trigger but the excuse is she was reaching for her taser and grab the wrong weapon. Does that open up a can of worms for discussion here? Where's Jim Ram? Jimbo, if you're listening, call in and tell us, is this one of the reasons that they keep saying that women shouldn't be in the Army and on the front line and in the police force in this type of situation? Is this one of the reasons that no offense to you ladies, that we shouldn't have females on the police force? Chris, you've got a police background. Can you help me out here? Am I, can all y'all talk? Can any of y'all talk? 
Can anybody say anything except me? Please tell me this isn't a software glitch. What's going on here? Hello. Jeff, can you talk? Can anybody talk here? Or do we have another situation going on? Oh, man, I tell you, please. Okay, I'll click my mute on and off a couple of times. Hello, can anybody here on the board talk? Can anybody open up and talk? Let's just try and find out. This makes no sense. Okay, I'm going to pop off for a second and try and come back on because this doesn't appear, Jitsi doesn't appear to be working correctly. Can anybody talk and give me any feedback? All right, I'm going to pop off and I'll come back. Oh. Okay, let's the see. Absolute truth, but this is a discerned opinion based upon uh, listening to sounds and words and extraterrestrial influences. And I'm suggesting that this word Torah that we're told is supposed to be pointing the path like a finger, index finger spread out, is actually Tu-Ra-Ah. They call it Torah, but Tu-Ra-Ah means to the sun god Ra, in my discerned opinion, and based upon some ancient linguistic uh, information that I've been privy to. Okay, can we all can we have a conversation again? I just heard Chris talking. Can you guys um, hear me? Would, is there any chance that that could be corrupted into uh, God of the Sun or? Absolutely. Remember that the Talmudists are moon worshiping cults. The Pharisees were sun worshiping cults. That's Nimrod and Shamranus. Yes, and yes. Can you guys uh, hear me now? Yes. You're, you're good now, uh, brother. Could, when I was talking a minute ago, asking, could you guys not talk? Or what was going on? Well, I was listening. We were all here and having a conversation, but you were absent. We thought maybe you'd gone to the bathroom or were sneaking a smoke. My you God, were on mute, Roger. Oh, man, I have no idea. Well, it's just more of this technical stuff. I have no idea what the problem was. I thought I was talking to you guys after... Uh, Dan left. So anyway, all right, well, it's straight. I come back in and you're talking about Torah and I knew that wasn't where I left, but anyway, I had to dart out and come back and it seemed to straighten it out. Did, uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to say to anybody have any questions about it, but I don't know if anybody heard what we were saying. So, uh, well, let's just start again here and see if we can start the show. Does anybody have any questions or what you guys were discussing about Torah or any of that stuff right there to uh, get the ball dribbling again? Well, the real context of the conversation was, James, I think it was James who had asked, or maybe it was Joe, uh, 
if it was a volunteer system. And I said, absolutely, that's what the director of the IRS said. Our tax system is a voluntary system. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was one of the presidents. I don't remember who said it. No, no, no. He was in front of Congress, and he said, your BATF is a mandatory tax, but the income tax is a voluntary tax. And it is, Joe. It was printed in the front of the... Used to be instructions years ago. Yeah, it used to be until people say, well, I choose to volunteer and they didn't want to tell them quite the voluntary nature of it. But it is there is no when they when all those people all these years have been show, coming back with show me the law. Show me the law, which says I got to file. Well, they, they can't because there is no law that says you got to file Here's I'll tell you, the one that shows you got to file is the one I've read you. An income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States and residents, and to the extent of 871B and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals. So the ones that have to file a tax are those two statuses. And if you're the former citizen of the United States or resident, you're responsible for all the code. But they don't come in and tell you that in in any kind of direct way joe they trick you into it and then put the teeth in the back end you've heard me talk about that recently haven't you oh yes okay and what they're doing is when you get that letter say you don't file for a couple of years you they start the process starts with then sending you there's a series of about four letters They've all got a numerical nomenclature. They're form mm -hmm. letters. You can get a book from the IRS on all the letters that they send out, telling you what the letter is, what the number is. And it correlates with this one. And this one is, Dear Joe, we haven't received your tax return for 2016 to 2017. If you've already filed those, please disregard this notice. But if you haven't, we may need to have you come in with your books and records and this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Okay? So that is a confirmatory writing. That's what John always thought it was, and John's simply always correct in my, even all these years later. A confirmatory writing, it's another one of these secret Babylonian merchant code deals where if you're a, a, a confirmatory writing is a contract between merchants who have cause and reason to know the contents, and if you don't expressly deny it within 10 days, it takes effect, and it's deemed accepted by you because you didn't deny it. It's like our status. It's deemed accepted to you when you answer those questions yes because you haven't expressly denied it. Okay? And now they've got you in a contract even though the system is voluntary. So when they look down the line after it goes through its process... And down towards the end, it gets to a point where the system, the computers are programmed correctly. And there has to be a statute staple, a 1040 form, in the process because that's the instrument the process revolves around. And if there isn't one there because you haven't submitted it, that's now they've got you in a contract 
they're going to override the computer and submit one for you, Joe, with whatever amounts, penalties, interest, any of that that they think you deserve. And they're going to do that override. They're going to slip that statute staple in there. Now the computer sees a 1040 form, and it can go on to assessment, put you on the assessment rolls, what they just said you owed, and then they'll decide and go to collection. Okay. Now, when they decide to go to collection, they've got another decision to make, Joe. They've got right. a decision on, are you one of those perfect examples that they can hang up in front of the town square and make an example of to scare the hell out all the other sheep? Or do they just want to go ahead and go to what we call civil collection, lien, levy, garnishment, and seizure, self-help remedies. So they've got a decision at that fork in the road, and what really throws a, 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 a hitch in their giddy-up is if they decide to go after somebody like a Leona Helmsley, okay, and all of a sudden they lose that case. And the example that was supposed to be made ends up an example against them. And you had that happen with the Chris, who was the uh, who was the airline pilot that beat him out of Chicago on willful failure to file willfulness. The um, does anybody remember his name? The only airline pilot I can come up with is Sully, but I don't think that's the one. No, no, it's not. There's a whole defense, and the guy that beat him beat him in the Supreme Court, and he beat him on that willfulness because they come at you with one charge, willful failure to file. And he came in and said it wasn't willful that I failed to file. I had a reason to and started bringing the willfulness defense in and he'd done all this study and the questionableness of the income tax itself and all those things that he thought he didn't have an obligation to file. And so a lot of people started trying to use the willfulness defense and they've effectively got that out of the way over the years. But that was 20, that was back in the nineties that that was happening. Chris, what were you going to say? Well, you passed over a very important point. The agent who was making the false, unsubstantiated hearsay claim of willfulness is attempting to project intent and establish one of the fundamental elements. If you don't have intent, there's no crime. That's the first element always. And secondly, whenever they do so, they are trying to claim that they can read the mind, know the mens reus, the mind of the thing, and you must rebut this presumption that this man has any insight into what you're thinking unless he's a phrenologist or a mind reader or a you gotta, soothsayer. you got to rebut the presumption that you're obligated to that crap at all. And it's just like that site said, and I know, and I saw it uh, over on, I saw it over there on Copper Moonstein, Moonshine still. Only place I've ever seen is one of the good sites that he had on that website overall. And I think it was an appellate level court case. And he said, unless the person can prove they're not a citizen of the United States, the IRS can proceed to assessment and collection. 
unless the person can prove they're not a citizen of the United States. Now we know there's only one way to do that. You could have gone in front of that judge or that case at the lower level and objected to being a citizen of the United States, and they're going to go, sorry, pal. You are, and that doesn't do justice to being able to prove you're not. You've already said you were all your life. What are you doing now saying you're not? You have uh, removed yourself from unbenighted ignorance through diligent study, and you have learned that a U.S. citizen is a fiction created by Congress pursuant to the 14th Amendment. And therefore, you can't be a fictitious entity, and if you testified that you were, you'd be committing a felony offense under Title 18 United States Code, Section 911, because it's a felony crime to claim you're a U.S. citizen if you can't prove it. And how can you prove that you're a fictitious entity? Well, I disagree with you. They're going to slam dunk and you can get up in front of any court case and judge and say that. And unless you've done it officially with the Secretary of State, it ain't going to stick is my presumption. I didn't say that. I said you have to rebut that presumption right then and there. And if you don't have the backup to prove, see, now you're having to prove a negative, prove that you aren't something, instead of prove that you are something. That's a positive averment. Yeah, and whenever you way- negative averment by claiming that it's on file with the Secretary of State, Qui versus DRC, 1835, uh, that you're complying with the duty to notice the director of the agency, the Secretary of State. It is an agency, just like the Bureau of Consular Affairs is an agency. No, well, it's a cabinet position agency. Some of the agencies are not cabinet positions. They're under cabinet prior positions. To incorporation, prior so. to the incorporation, the APA. But uh, but you got to have that. If the presumption's on file, and they've tied it in through him that that's what you are from birth because you've got the birth certificate that represents it. And if that presumption hasn't been overcome, that presumption is going to stick with you till they stick you in the grave. Period. So anyway, that's what we do, try and help you, teach you, make you understand, get you strong, give you the confidence to take action on the knowledge, and uh, come on out of her just like the old uh, the book tells us. I mean, it, 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 there is no there, – there, there's can you see a lot of people fighting them that are having a lot of success? Not really, okay? The remedy that we're given is to come out of her, and that's what I'd advise you try and do, even if – you got to go live in a yurt and raise yaks, okay? You come out of her if you can. Does that sound pretty good? Does that sound pretty enticing, Chris, live in a yurt and raise yaks? Well, it may have some attraction for some. You live that nomadic lifestyle, you and the wife. I own a dirt floor in a log cabin, Roger. Well, I probably do in your area of the world there, Alan. Get get some get some mountain goats. Yeah, some goats. Uh, I had a question though. Brent sent out a had a rumble video there with uh, Patriot Street Fighter and that fella from Canada. Did you listen to that? I did. What did you think on that? Well, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened. I heard him on a 
may have been the one that Brent sent about a week, 10 days ago, and then Jim Ram sent another one out, somebody else interviewing him. And uh, you see, the difference is they don't have the two statuses, okay? And the, and the same thing with all the Aussie guys that are attacking this with the birth certificate. Is they don't have those two statuses, and I'm not sure how they're slipping them the mickey, okay? But now, we do know that there's six different political statuses in England because one of our listeners found that somewhere doing some research and I've sent it to Paul and asked him to try and get with some attorneys and find out because one of the ones that's an option is an English national. And I said, I guarantee you that's the one it is right there. Okay. But I can't get anybody to move forward and research it. They don't have the clear cut two status delineation, Alan. But it's obvious to me that they're doing the same thing. They're slipping the birth certificate in. Now, what these people that don't understand what's going on, they think the birth certificate is the nexus. And it's not. It represents the nexus. The birth certificate represents you being born into that system, and it represents the system as you. Okay, you with me? So there's where I think there's a big disconnect is, although, you know, like with uh, John, I believe is his name from Scotland, the guy that Paul knows, and you may not be privy to this. This was a couple of years ago. But he had been printing up a common law birth certificate and had some tremendous success with it at home foreclosures and in a couple of other areas. And to the point that the cops came and arrested him and put him in jail for the weekend and were harassing him. And the guys never even had a parking ticket. So he had a common law birth certificate. Now, in thinking about it, wouldn't the common law birth certificate do in their system, essentially what the affidavit is doing in ours. It rebuts the presumption that the commercial birth certificate rules, right? Yeah, that's the way it would seem, yeah. So I think that's what's going on. But uh, that on their, they're going and trying to hold people responsible at the court level by filing lawsuits and challenging them on and I'm just glad we don't have to jump through all those hoops. It's much easier yeah. for us. Well, if you file an affidavit and and then you turn around and look at the birth certificate and they have used it as, well, they've created fraud with it. It's what yes, they did they because they used it without anyone's permission. I wonder why if after you file an affidavit, you could not turn around and go to court with them on that you might fact could. that they're using the birth certificate. You might could if you wanted to go through all that aggravation, honestly. But my feeling was, see, when I got finished with these guys and the IRS stole $35,000 from me at my closing, house closing, fortunately I'd been in the house long enough where I had enough equity in it to take care of that. Okay? So I just had the, the closing attorney. Ah, excuse me, closing attorney just take the proceeds out of the house sale. And uh, it's funny, the closing attorney said, I don't know why, but IRS moves to the head of the line. (laughs) Yeah. It took me me about 10 years before it hit me. Why? And I knew it the whole time. 
because the the lien is not the notice of lien they put on at the county property records is not on you. It's it's on you. It's not on the house. And so anything that comes into your hands, the house is just something that adds some value. Okay. If I'd have gotten an inheritance, they could have come and grabbed it out of that, etc. It's because it's a statute staple and the lien's on you. That's why they can move to the head of the line. Okay. Uh, but, uh, shit, it's, um, it's pretty ugly. I could have gone back to them, Alan, because they told me, they said, we've taken $5,000 more than you owe us for taxes. We think you're going to owe in the future. They had the audacity to write me that in a letter. Now, I could have gone back because in tax matters, if you've already paid, you have to pay the tax to be able to sue them. Okay? And so, uh, I forget what they call it. They've got some name for that. But uh, since they'd already taken it, I could have probably gone back and gotten that 5000 back. And to me, it was so, such a relief to be rid of the bastards that I just counted it up as an education. Here's the IRS story, Roger. <clears throat> My dad was a self-employed bricklayer. Let's go back 40 years. He was at the end of his career. So was the IRS uh, manipulator. I want to say inglorious bastards, but I don't know why I would say that, of the, the agent. So they dad got a letter that he owed back owed a tax yet. How much is it? It was under $5. Okay. He sent, (laughs) they rejected the check. No, there's something amiss. After a year, now I'm not lying, after one year, uh, corresponding through his CPA, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and back and forth and back and forth, my dad wrote a check for $1,000. Now, this is back in the day, 40 years ago. And he said, this is to show above and beyond all claims, correspondence, etc. Please use the extra $995 for the overtime, gas, tires, and oil, and expenses for the IRS agent for the uh, six different trips he has made. uh, 120 miles round trip. Uh, less than a week later, he had the check returned and said, case settled. Huh. <laughs> it's, I, I, it's just a fact. Oh, well, that, like you said, that was a long time ago, and they were, their fangs weren't as sharp way back then. Yep. We had an IRS person on the phone when I was in business, let's go back 20 years, we were trying to get uh, some policy statements and procedural uh, tactics for us. The last verbal statement on the phone was the person told me, well, the person that you need to talk to sits at the back of the room. And I said, would you please walk back and hand them on the phone, please? Assuming that you are in the same room. Yes, we are. And I said, would you please hand the phone to that person then? <laughs> Honest to God, Roger. This is the response the lady gave me. She replied, well, that person is in a wheelchair. 
swear to God. Okay, so? I, I just hung up on her. <laughs> so, that, I swear. The IRS person you, you wanted to take the phone to was in a wheelchair? Yeah. I was, the, the, the lady said, well, I would, I would give the phone to this person that could answer your question, but she's handicapped and is in a wheelchair. I said, so she's not even there. No, sir. She is sitting in the back of the room. And I says, well, can you hold the phone to her? And she says, sir, I just told you she's handicapped and in a wheelchair. Swear to God. Swear to God. Well, it's a weird organization, and uh, I'm sorry for anybody that has to deal with those folks. And it's going to be a topic <laughs> of conversation around here in the future because they're fixing to tighten the screws big time. Um, Not Okay, relative to the two uh, methods or procedures that they use in responding to you is my son-in-law works for an electrical company. He got ticked off, and the last time he filed income tax was in 2017. For 2016, he just now sent his papers in through his CPA. First time he has filed, he went retro, clear back to there. Nothing, nothing. He said he paid several hundred dollars, and out of that money, they took it out of his stimulus check money, and he got all the stimulus check payments from the first stimulus round until now. <laughs> and they're getting $9,000 check refund, I swear to God, I swear, I swear. Ooh, oh, they're pretty screwed up right now. The COVID thing has really screwed them up. And the story I saw was from a guy in Denver who got charged. He sent him a check last year that, thinking that they had processed it. They, they had not, and he had overdrawn his account. And when they did, months later, run it, the check bounced. So they sent him a collection notice. And in the dealings, uh, the attorney was on that story. And they told them that they probably wouldn't be caught up with just even opening the mail for six months. And, you know, this is should be tax week. 15th is Thursday, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, they've delayed it to May 15th. And, hell, they may delay it again. Most likely. But they, they're real far behind, and they're incredibly inept anyway uh, and dealing with them. The best thing to do is to get a clean slate. Now, you can tell your son-in-law, once he gets a clean slate with him and caught up, he can divorce himself from him. And, uh, but he works for somebody else. And if that's the case, that we've got a guy through uh, sedm.org, which is Josh Wallbuilder's site. One of his people has perfected a way to file a 1040 nr which is the return you should file after you've filed an affidavit okay and so uh this guy evidently has perfected that way of doing it and will do it for you but i had somebody who's been trying to get a hold of him to do that and she has not been very successful in getting word back from him so i don't know about that and the the one thing I do know is if you work for somebody else, no no company's going to fight your IRS battle for you. They're just as scared of them or more so than you are. Right. Understood. 
Okay. But there are ways to do it. And, um, it's been successfully done, and uh, hopefully with this round, because taxes haven't been much of an entity for the last number of years since Trump was in. He lowered everything. It's not much of a burden. IRS hadn't been too aggressive, it doesn't seem like, and it just hasn't been a, a big issue, but it's fixing to be that again. Roger, I have a question. Is that my our buddy? It is our buddy. Shane that's with us. Yes, I have a question. Roger. Shane. All right. Are you familiar with the EIDL? E as in Edward, I as in Ingrid, D as in dog, and L as in, well, I don't know. Well, I don't, what's it stand for? Because I've never heard that an acronym before. Well, this was made by President Donald Trump. It's called the Economic Injury Disaster Loans. And these loans are not necessarily necessarily repayable. So you can get like $25,000 um, for you. I can? So. Well, send me some yeah. information well, on it. I never thought I'd get anything well, back please. out of the son of a bitches, and they've been sending me money here lately. So I guess if they're going to send it, I'm going to receive it. But I don't know about this EIBL. But, uh, Shane, if you'd drop me some to the old uh, email address, I'd appreciate it. All right. Well, this is uh, for customer service. Is, uh, I don't know if you're a pen ready. ready. It's one 800 659 2955 Okay. 1-800-659-2955. Okay, somebody want to write that down, follow up on it, and see oh. if you can get a little no no payback loan. Do you have to be an Israeli to get one of those, does it say? I <laughs> Uh, you mean dual citizenship? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh, it doesn't say. Do you haven't gone through the fine print? Usually it's the Israelis well, that get all those loans they don't ever have to pay back, you know. Mm. So this is, uh, yeah. All right. I'll look into it further. All and right. Well, you, you do a little. Proceed some, uh, do, do a little research and get back with some more definitive information for us, would you, Shane? Yes. All right. Good deal. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Anybody else got any free lunches? They want to tell us about T-A-N-F-L. What does that stand for, Shane? Do you know T-A-N-F-L? The football team? I'm not sure. No, no, no. That's not what it is. It stands for there ain't no free lunch. (laughs) Saw the lady with her vaccine card. (laughs) The little housewife and she was so giddy because she had her little vaccine card and her free kiss Krispy Kreme donut <laughs> with a bite out of it. <laughs> They're really with us. They may be out of the gene pool though, folks. Pretty you know, it may be a little cleaner world down the line with some of these sheeple out of the gene pool. Have you thought about that? Have you considered it, contemplated it at all? Well, you may want to think about it. 
because it looks like some of them are going to be out of the gene pool. What else do you do but laugh, huh? You, you tell me all these stupid people you see. Oh, Annie, wear your mask. We're in the, we're in the, at 8,500 feet in the friggin' Andes. And these people are out there in this beautiful climate wearing around, walking around with a damn mask on. It's just unbelievable. It really is. I know they're around you, too. So what else, guys? Any of y'all got anything to bring forward that needs vigorous discussion? Hey, Roger. Yes, sir. Everybody ought to be paying attention to what's going on in the Ukraine with Russia. That's what we uh, were talking re- earlier. Yep, we mentioned it earlier. Did you hear that, Gary? No, I'm traveling in a lot of places where I'm traveling. I didn't get signals, so no, I didn't hear it. Yep. Yep, went over it a little bit at the first, and it is a very dangerous situation. And even the Russian Russian Navy is coming out and going, here's the headline, Russian warns U.S. warships to stay away from the Crimea, Crimea for their own good, quote, unquote, for their own good. We, we recanted the story a couple of years ago where the little plane, the little Piper Club, flew over the big Navy, Aegis, whatever, whatever the class of ship is, and the whole thing went dark. They had to tow it back into port. Remember that? Yep. That was yeah, the EMT attack where they completely disabled it, and I think that was Russian technology that did that, uh, very likely. But these warmongers, the gangster bangsters and the Zionist cabal of Aish, Kanazi, Khazar, and Empire, those who call themselves Jews but are not, but the synagogue of Satan, have been uh, having a very turgid state against Russia. Iran, Syria, that's the PNAC group that they've been targeting for years and years, Project for the New American Century. That has been their target for the seven nations in seven years. Seven nations in five years. Always. Mm-hmm. I misspoke. Thank you. Yeah, always seven they years. failed so far. They're a, they're an absolute repulsive bunch, man. These are the minions of Satan. Without a doubt, Chris. That was Wesley Clark's quote about the seven nations in five years. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Well, well speaking of the minions in the Judeo churches for their summer vacation Bible school, their theme is the minions. <laughs> I think that's by ball school. Oh, by ball, Lord. Well, it's a heck of a time. There's sure a lot of real serious things going on, and there's a lot of uh, uh, situations that could fall one way or the other, you know, really. Um, we just take it a day at a time. It's about all we can do and try, and once again, we do know what to do. We need to come out of her as much as we can get out of her, and I know some folks are able to do that more so than others. But all of us should try and take that message to heed to the degree that we're able. Well, in the empire of lies, 
you have to very well be sure that you verify first and then trust General Jones over at Dynology, John McCain and uh, Mossad Mitt Romney's buddy and a lot of others, including Hillary Clinton in the group. Chris? Yes? I think they were laughing at your your verbiage there. Well, I heard that, but, you know, I'm right on point that uh, it is humorous. If, if it was, if you don't laugh about it, we'd be crying about it. Oh, yes. Amen. <laughs> you go, Chris. <laughs> Chris, is, nobody's mind works like Chris. I'm trying to be like his mind. I know, no. Believe me. It, but I can't. It's like, it's like mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. I mean, I've told y'all about Dwayne Rogers, the only other guy I've ever known that had a mind that works like Chris. And Dwayne's no longer with us, unfortunately. But that guy, he had been thrown in jail. He was a Rommel School of Law guy. Rommel School of Law came up the other day. Somebody mentioned Mike Brown. Uh, and Mike Brown was one of the guys that founded the Rommel School of Law. Didn't run it as much as Pete, Peter and, and uh, another guy and this guy, Dwayne Rogers. And Dwayne Rogers had been put in jail for some reason. I don't remember the reason, but he'd spent a little bit of time in there. And they did not have even a Bible in the jail, but they had a dictionary. And Dwayne Rogers memorized the dictionary from cover to cover. And this guy had the most amazing mind, man, with words. I've got an audio tape of his if it's not ruined in the Florida humidity and I can never get back to the States. I'll see if I can get that thing transferred digitally and play it for you guys because you won't believe the way this guy's mind works. Okay. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But he's kind of like Chris. Who's is that the birds chirping in the in your background, Joe? Those the, the Canton, Ohio birds that I'm hearing? Yeah. Schmo, Joe Schmo from the Hall of Shame Fane and Fame in Canton, Ohio. I'll mute. What are those like blackbirds? Uh, thank you very or? much for the compliment of comparing me to Mr. Dwayne Rogers. Thank you. He was uh, he was a piece of work, Chris. You'd have sure enjoyed him. I can tell you that. He thought well, he's like the one, he's the one that found the Bible and God through the dictionary, right? I don't know about that, but he he memorized the dictionary. I knew that he was real good with the uh, with the, he, he thought just like we did, you know. Anybody Birds really, of a feather frolicking together. Well, you get along these lines of thought, and you, you're interested in finding the truth out about these things. You just about can't come away without the conclusion. It's like the old saying with the man who has been uh, uh, was he falsely mistaken, learns the truth, he either becomes, uh, uh, that's the setup written right. When a man who is honestly confused learns the truth he either is ceases to be confused or he ceases to be honest once again it's back to the dialectic yep and so as we know and everybody on this call has experienced this with different people in your experience i'm sure but there are people that just flat do not want to know and they'll turn around and walk off from you when they're presented with the truth, they don't want to know it. Truth deniers suffering from truth dysphoria. 
Well, they've been sent a strong delusion, and they believe the lie is what uh, is what the it says there in the book. Yeah, the falling away has happened. We're in the great delusion right now. My God, is there some delusion out there? Oh, oh, amazing! Truly amazing. Well, we got the show back on track today, thanks to uh, thanks to Paul's efforts at whatever he did. And uh, I guess we'll see how these things develop. I'm very, I'm, I'm very concerned about this Ukraine thing, and the reason is because these people that that we're dealing with here, they're just wacko, psychopath. Well, remember, the Biden gang was in bed with the Ukraine. They took the bribe from the mayor of Moscow, and he's also in bed with the Chinese, the Zio Chinese. So when you look at this picture, it is really ugly. It is ugly, Chris. It certainly is. And the tie-in back to Iran and them trying to, um, you know, take Israel off of the map. Um, boy. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing for the world? My heart be still. I mean, would the world just be not a much better place if those guys could slip a big one in on them? Obadiah. Obadiah for sure. So, uh, anyway, we'll, uh, I don't know, uh, John, John didn't check back with us about the gallon or birth certificate with her new baby that was an issue that uh, we could have discussed and outside of dan today it's good to have dan check in with us and get that basics uh conversation going but that's what we're here for is to get these new people and try and get them educated and strong and with enough courage to understand what's going on and take action so that uh, doesn't happen every day but I think we're seeing it more and more, and I believe the uh, information's getting out there a little bit. I think it was Murr that called into RBN on Saturday and mentioned the Spingola tape. My name did come up yep. on it a show. Was. Yeah, and uh, she uh, went back and grabbed the archive and sent it to me. So thank you guys for mentioning it and bringing this up and bird-dogging people to the message. Over on Darren Beatty's Revolver.News site, he's got an article up on Matt Gates, and it's got a real interesting uh, discussion there, and there's a lot of encrypted language and stuff in it that's worthy of picking apart if you got the spirit of the sermon written on you and the love for the truth. So uh, if anybody's interested, they might take a look at that. I sure hate to see if, uh, I don't know, I haven't followed much of this Gates thing, but there was, I know women in his office came up and said he's just unimpeachable. And, and uh, then something else came out yesterday I saw alluded to that didn't favor him so much. And you know they want to try and take out any conservatives up there, and especially him. Uh, what, does anybody have a feel for that right now? You say you oh, read that absolutely. article. Well, what's going These on, Chris? These people are demonized. This is the cancel culture. They demonize everybody. They accuse them of what they're doing. Uh, there's no basis for it in the Matt Gates scenario. He is a sharp, clean cookie, and they're scared to death that he might be electable, uh, much like DeSantis and some others. Uh, I only have, uh, say, you better do your due diligence. Well, I'm going to tell you, you can tell these folks, if you can get to them, there's a w wonderful way to isol isolate and insulate yourself from this stuff. 
Okay. If you start teaching what we teach here, they won't touch you with a 10 foot friggin' pole. Thanks to Roger. We've got the delusion solution. Okay. I mean, listen, they ain't going to take any chance on sending anybody to this information. And I guarantee you, if they will, they won't want you mixing with the general population so you get a private room. So uh, that's one of our best defense. I mean, if I could write Greenblatt up there and call him a dirty Sabbatean kike. You know, that I hate his damn guts because of the way he thinks and what he's doing. And they'll never put me on any list. Never. The most they could do is when we first started this thing of trying to take, call those radio hosts and say, this is the big threat. That stuff Roger Sales is teaching is going to get a lot of people in trouble. Y'all feel like you're in any trouble out there? Truth and freedom are really dangerous in the days of an empire of lies. And I told Russell Estes, you're damn right. It's going to get a lot of people in a lot of trouble. You and your damn lying, cheating, thieving, murdering, slaving pals. And Mr. Russell Estes never messed with me anymore after that. Uh, you guys on the forum can't hear it. We got the whistler going on in the background. That generally means that our two hours together today is at an official close. And uh, so we got a lot of good stuff going over today. Get back on track. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Maybe one of these Wednesdays, Paul will even stop back with us. He's been noticeably absent for some time, but we can always hope. Get the... Uh, the observations from England and uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. So uh, if you got anything you see that's interesting, write it down, note it, bring it forward. We'll talk about it. It's what we do here. So uh, otherwise I'll see you tomorrow and uh, we'll see what happens between now and then. I'm going to go have lunch with the expat guys and enjoy what is a stunningly lovely day in Ecuador. So uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow. The cost of freedom thank you roger hey shane well thank you bud good to see you back got a pretty strong connection there with the voice with the uh dial-in mother earth will bury you swallow you so you better lay that body right on down